Christian DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host, John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. The power hours arrive. Facebook is alive. Look at that. 2020 presidential election. Bloomberg, 51%. I don't believe any of this stuff. Trump, 42. Sanders, 51. Trump, 43. So now they have them losing to everyone. Warren, 48. Trump, 44. I don't believe any of that. Folks, good afternoon. It is I, it is Juan, it's John DePietro. This portion of our program is brought to you by K's. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, drinks on the lounge, stop by K's. They're waiting for you. Phone lines are open. If you would like to call in, first-time callers welcome. Maybe you're like, you know what, I've been enjoying the show. I like the coverage. I want to talk about President Trump. Or I don't like Bernie Sanders. I don't, whatever. 401-766-1380. 401. Kevin, type that in. 766 1380. You can email me, john at topetro.com. Again, if you're on Facebook, find my page, John DePetro Show. We do a Facebook Live. Do people on Facebook Live like when Juan holds up the Trump sign? We'll have to wait and see. Hello there. Deval is out. Yes, Deval Patrick is out. I don't know how the uh, campaign's going to continue without him. Was he ever in? Deval Patrick, boy, that was, uh, you know, he, they initially didn't get in because of Biden. And then, look, that didn't go anywhere. So, but he's, there There are so many that are dropping out now. You know, I, I also don't understand, folks, what, what makes someone wake up and just think that, you know, I should be the president. Just like that, that Andrew Yang, who seems like a brilliant guy and a likable guy. Um, I just don't understand how someone just wakes up and says, I should be, I mean, at least of all, Patrick. Deval Patrick has dropped out of the presidential race. I, I, he was betting all in New Hampshire. He couldn't get any, any traction in it. Um, I, I, I just don't understand that. But some of these others, uh, Tom Steyer and some of the others, they, they, I should be the president. And, and I mean people that haven't even held office. Now, I want to get to a um, couple, different, couple different things. I will, let me get to um, boom, boom, boom. Uh, the Bernie people are all upset. Lloyd Blankenfine, former CEO on a gap year, is how he describes himself. So he has um, he went on a Twitter storm. Let's see. When did he go on a Twitter storm? Just last night. If Dems go on to nominate Bernie Sanders, the Russians will have to reconsider who to work for to best screw up the U.S., Sanders is just as polarizing as Trump, and he'll ruin our economy and doesn't care about our military. If I'm Russian, I go with Sanders this time around. And that is now uh, he is um, that is a must read without question. He is, as you can imagine, the Sanders people are all upset about that and they are um, attacking him. Bernie Sanders next stop. Is Vegas. Brokered convention. Ex-Goldman Sachs CEO rips Bernie Sanders. He'll ruin the economy. He doesn't care about the military. He doesn't. He's in favor of open borders. Former Goldman Sachs chairman CEO Lloyd Blankfein has said Russia should back Sanders in order to best screw up the U.S. Sanders has emerged as a, he is the front runner. In a rare outburst, he suggested Sanders becoming the nominee would mean the Russians will have to reconsider who to work for to best screw up the U.S., he was CEO of Goldman 2006-2018, contributed mostly to Democrat Party candidates. He endorsed Hillary in 2016. In response, Sanders' campaign manager tweeted, this is what panic from the Wall Street elite looks like and sounds like. Um, you know what is, uh, is also interesting, folks, is, and again, I don't think, hi there, Stephen Fitzgerald, most people don't. Recognize. I was with someone yesterday, and I was trying to explain. We were, we were meeting at Dunkin' Donuts. I was meeting with somebody very quickly at Dunkin' Donuts. And I was explaining any business, if Bernie Sanders became the president, and I believe now they're going to, the, the media now, since he is the front runner and Biden is fading, they will now really start to scrutinize and put a spotlight on Bernie Sanders. If you are a small business owner, for instance, we were looking at your Dunkin' Donuts, and those are, let's face it, a lot of inexperienced workers. Hi there, Bert. And, or they're making a little bit above minimum wage or a little bit above that. Well, 
Dunkin' Donuts, any of these places, they'd be unable to find workers. Because under a Bernie Sanders, remember, with he and AOC, Bernie Sanders, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, their whole mindset, don't forget, is those that choose not to work still receive some kind of government stipend. So if you're someone and you're saying, okay, I could work at Dunkin' Donuts and I'm going to receive minimum wage, or I could stay home and play, you know, Fortnite or Call of Duty or whatever it may be and smoke pot, and I'm going to basically get the same amount of money. How many of those people are actually going to, who, who would go and take that job? I'm not talking about people that are driven. So if you're a business owner and you're trying to find workers, how about someone that runs a restaurant and you hire people and then somebody who is a bartender or a waiter or waitress, they say, yeah, the hell with it. You know what? I'm just going to collect my government stipend. I quote, choose not to work. It's going to be a little bit less, but I'll get my EBT card and I'll just smoke pot and I'm not going to work. Can you how about in the summertime? People that say I've decided I'm going to take the summer off. I'm not going to work. Uh, you're going to have huge amounts of people. Look at all. The amount of homeless in California. The reason there's so many homeless in California is California is starting to cater their needs to allowing people to basically not work. That's why there's so many homeless in California. If you're in California and you're homeless, they have, you can set up a tent and you can sleep there for the night. And then you get up in the morning, okay? You go to a soup kitchen and you're fed. Then you, there's place you can go and you can shower and shave if you need to. Then it's time for lunch. Then after lunch, maybe you go and take a nap or maybe you panhandle or maybe you just walk around and ask people for money and you're a homeless person in California. And then dinner time rolls around and then you go to the soup kitchen and you get fed dinner. And then on top of that, maybe you hit a pantry in the afternoon. And you get some Fritos and you get some snacks and then you collect and panhandle some money and now you have enough for some booze and maybe you get some drugs. And next thing you know, it's it's time. It's a full day. It's time to go to sleep. Have you worked? No, you're doing basic things. I'm not saying it is. You have to walk to the soup kitchen and then you have to panhandle a little bit and then you have to. You have an EBT card, so maybe you do do some shopping. You have to go to the liquor store. Your, your day is full, but it's basically you're just surviving, and you're surviving on government programs. And the problem is in California, what I just described for you, the fact that you can just sleep in a tent or sleep under a box, and then you can get three, three meals the next day, plus hit a food pantry and get some snacks, plus panhandle and get some money for drugs or alcohol. Plus, you can shower. There's places you can go and get, uh, wash your clothes. Or you can get clothes donated to you. They, they are catering to them. And there's nothing productive about it. And these people, of course, they get depressed. And you know what else happens? You can go and get free dental checkup. What's happening is one day becomes a week. One week becomes a month. A month becomes three months, becomes six months. You defecate in the street dentist. That's right. And, well, that's a lot of the drug people that are just, they're so whacked out. They just let go wherever they let go. But the problem is you're then that farther out of the workforce. Now, when someone says, when did you last hold a job? It's like, oh, my God, as I think of it, I actually haven't worked in two years, right? You've just been surviving. Well, that's what it would be like under Bernie Sanders. And you want to talk about taxes, Taxes, shoom, shoot up, 65, 70, how about 70 cents on the dollar? Imagine every dollar you make and the government under President Sanders, they, boom, start to take 70, 70 cents of the dollar. You're left with 30. You know, how many people right now are on the bubble where they're motivated, they want to work. But if you start to take, you know, take that incentive away, you're really taking away why people would be motivated to work. And if you're a business owner, you think it's tough now. I hear from people all the time. That's right. You're just trying, I hear from people all the time how difficult it can be to find good quality workers. One of the knocks on the Rhode Island um, workforce is employers feel they can't get good workers, competent workers to come in.
Well, it, it, can you imagine under like a President Sanders? It, it's socialism. And as I have um, talked about and others had, there's, good, there's a good video on YouTube. And they explain exactly what happened with Venezuela. And I won't go into the whole thing, but, you know, Venezuela had a unique opportunity uh, many years ago because there was so much money flowing in because of their oil reserves. But instead of really turning around their economy, they, they, they had an opportunity to have a just a phenomenal country with their natural resources and their quality of life. But what did they do instead? They, they took all their oil reserves and, you know, oil, they, they're a huge producer of oil. And they started to just give everything away for free. And it was great. The way it was described what happened to Venezuela is they said, how about there are people who they, you have a friend and they are making money. And every Thursday night, they take you and their entourage out to dinner every Thursday night. And you go and you have shrimp and you have steak and you have champagne and you do uh, shots and, and everything is great. And every Thursday night, the party is rolling. And then all of a sudden, boom, Thursday night shows up. The bill comes and he looks around the table and says, you know, do you mind if this time we split it? And then maybe the next time in the problem, what do you mean split it? The expectation is you're picking up the bill. So I wasn't even thinking that I was going to have to go and pay for dinner that particular night. Well, that's what was happening in Venezuela. And when oil reserves, when the price of oil per barrel was was cruising from 2002 to 2004 and 2009, I mean, it was just rocketing. Well, the problem, though, is now the price of oil's come way down. So they had everything for free in Venezuela and taxed the rich and everything, all government programs. No one has to do anything. Well, now suddenly that's why... The amount of inflation is insanity in Venezuela, and there's no food in the shelves, and people are going through dumpsters trying to get food for their children, and it's a night semester. When they had the opportunity, Venezuela could have been one of the premier countries in the world to live. Um, one of my best friends in the Air Force, born and raised in California, finally had it. It's, it's insanity what's been going on there. Italian I'm going to read something. Someone sent me an interesting article. Florida teachers held up their end of the bargain. With the details. I'm going to read that in just a moment. But we'll go to your uh, phone call. 766-1380. Good afternoon. You're on the John DePietro Show. Hello. Hi, John. How are you doing? Very well. Go right ahead. Wait. I'm a Trump supporter. And uh, now with Bernie on the scene, there's, there's this thing going around the top 10 happiest countries. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I'm not sure what the criteria is, but it's... Denmark, Norway, Finland, Switzerland, Sweden, Canada, uh, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia. And how is it that, and I believe they're all so, uh, socialists, how is it that they make it work and uh, South America uh, couldn't make it work or uh, Venezuela couldn't make it work? Are you familiar with that? I am familiar with that, um, and I am familiar with that list. You have to realize, because Bernie Sanders likes to mention Denmark quite a bit, uh, you have to realize these are much smaller countries. Some of these programs that they want to put in place, there are things that some of these countries are the size of New Jersey. And if you have a small enough uh, state or area, there are things that then you can provide in that way, and it's the quality of life. A lot of these countries, they're, they're capitalist countries, but they just have huge government programs. The problem is the United States, we're so vast and so large and with so many people, uh, it's impossible to have those types of programs and for just a sheer amount of people work in a country our size. And so, you know, that whole business, I've seen some of that stuff. They're the happiest countries and everything else. But it's almost, you know, if you took a poll of maybe the happiest uh, cities and towns in Rhode Island, I, I don't know. I'm willing to bet Block Island's probably like right up there, right? Small number of people, summertime, it's beautiful and everything else. But is it really, um, does it really make sense? Is it, is it really um, feasible that all of us would suddenly just go and live on Block Island? I don't think so. No, it's definitely not. And, and a lot of those, a lot of those European countries, though, um, they don't like to highlight some of the countries that they have so much debt um, that there's no jobs. The government, the burden of government is is so strong. I was in, in Italy a few months ago, and there's no jobs in Italy, and uh, it's it's truly the rich and the poor. And there's they 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 have so much. 
um, in taxes, and it's so burdening. And, and you're young people. There's, there's no way to work because so many people are in the dole uh, because of the huge government programs. The, the, the number one system in the world is capitalism. It always has been. It is the envy of the world. His programs won't. Socialism has failed. It failed in Cuba. It, communism failed in the Soviet Union. And it would fail here. Very good. Don't you agree? I do agree. Uh, yeah. Do they have a homeless problem in those uh, countries? Or that's taken care of as well? Again, it's all it's all proportional. You know, it, it's all the size of... Of the, the, these aren't massive, huge countries uh, the way that the United the United States is, and so, but but they they have their types of programs are more geared for socialism. Venezuela is the better example of how that works. But I understand the way they're trying to map that out and the happiest people, and and that is something that his people are are trying to put forward. But that's what Cuba was supposed to be. That's what you know communism was supposed to be. Uh, but I want to just quickly read this um, again, folks. 766-1380, Florida teachers held up their end of the bargain. And it's a column. It's called The Florida Story, a tale of how back in 1999, a no-nonsense governor imposed efficiency and accountability on a self-indulgent, lethargic education bureaucracy, transforming one of the nation's worst public school systems into one of its best. Now, I want to just, um, the person that sent it to me also put... Uh, this is an amazing article. If Florida can do it, no union and they had leadership. And teachers aren't getting paid. The Rhode Island teachers get paid for failure. Well, I, I, without getting into the whole story, I, I can guess that in Florida, um, let me just skip into the Florida. Jeb Bush does deserve uh, uh, a lot of credit for that. The success or impressive spreadsheet results highly regarded federal tests, the national assessment, right? Florida students making strong gains. The high school graduation rate is up. What attracted me to the cause was the disadvantaged students who made the most progress. Reforms didn't implement themselves. Success depended on teachers. And while they may have hated the high-stakes testing, the micromanaging of their classroom, the standardization of their jobs, and the endless streams of paperwork, they made it all work. They held up their end of the bargain. And the state of Florida most certainly did not. Teacher raises often didn't cover the cost of living. In lieu of raises, they'd get bonuses that could be counted on from one year to the next and were left out of pension calculation. One ridiculous scheme denied some of the best teachers bonuses because their scores in college uh, decades early in high school. Part of the reform message, spending doesn't equal better results. Florida's bottom dweller nationally in education funding. Uh, Florida teachers rank 47 nationally in pay. Yeah, but you get to live in Florida. And when you calculate the consumer price index, Florida teachers now make 11% less than they did in 1999. That year traces back to the start of the reform. Uh, they've done a better job than teachers most any other state, better than New York. Teachers have earned an increase of 11%. Florida teachers are bailing out of classroom, creating what they designated a crisis. Shortage of teachers in general science, English, math. In other words, all the subjects that determine whether a student will succeed in life. Call it a coincidence, but the state's scores took a dive last year. Why am I reading this story? Governor Ron DeSantis plans to halt the exodus. is spending $600 million to raise the minimum teacher pay to 47500 Now, that's far less than Rhode Island. That would rank Florida second in starting pay. DeSantis says more than 100000 They have 170,000 teachers would get a raise. Uh, there's enough money in the proposal to attract, retain new teachers. Now, there's a story in this morning's Providence Journal. Thank you to the person that sent that to me. There's, a, um, there's an op-ed that someone wrote in this morning's Providence Journal. Bold changes needed in teacher contract by Michael Mara. He writes the John Hopkins Institute for Education... Uh, talking about Providence, could not possibly have come as a surprise to any civic school or union leader. Unfortunately, Providence is not alone. Now, he writes, let's concentrate on what change that will clearly benefit our students and teachers. It's all safe to say, blah, blah, blah. We want the best teachers. Teachers unions have enhanced compensation. A uh, few examples worth noting. Tenure. As a general rule, tenure is given to a public school teacher after three years of employment. Once granted... A teacher with tenure is difficult to remove, 
even when found to be unproductive, low-performing, or apathetic in their duties. In a profession so critical, uh, why would we grant that a lifetime job after just three years? Why not grant tenure in five-year increments? That's an excellent question. Seniority. On the surface, seniority work assignments appears reasonable. As the logic goes, the person with the most experience gets the job of their choosing. But the logic is flawed, badly flawed. Why we would not assign or hire the most competent teacher for each position instead of the most senior teacher. If senior teacher is the most competent, they should get the job based on their merits, nothing else. Union contracts fight hard for seniority. This hurts our students the most. It rips off the taxpayer. And it makes the teaching profession look foolish and self-serving. We need the best teachers available in every classroom, period. I last wrote about the compromising effects teacher seniority has on student learning uh, during the summer. Frank Flynn, president of the uh, AFT, quickly wrote back defending it, saying no need to change teacher seniority. Statistics, data, common sense call for reform, union contracts. Put students first, not all adults. Once again, these are the facts. Facts are stubborn things. Due process. Quick removal of poor performance teachers. Perhaps the most pressing need reform. Unfortunately, department heads, principals, superintendents seeking to fire poor performance face a litany of obstacles. Union contract language regarding due process can take months or years. Other than a teacher who performs poorly, who wins? Who wins? The union looks foolish. The teaching profession suffers. Students suffer the most. Upholding the damaging effects, blah, blah, blah. A meaningful change in school culture will only take place when the language is altered by bold student-oriented leadership. Well, the problem is, um, one last example, my recent pay stub. He is in his 44th year of teaching advanced placement at Portsmouth High School. Uh, my recent pay stub indicates I have 458 sick days. Yes, you read that correctly. With contracts guaranteeing 20 sick days per year, we wouldn't need to wonder why chronic teachers' absenteeism occurs. So this guy has been teaching for 34 years. He has 458 sick days coming to him. (laughs) My goodness. And you wonder why it's a mess. All right. 766-1380-401. 766-1380. You can email me, john at dipetro.com. That's right. Um, here's what we're going to do, folks. Um, a lot more, though, on what's going on. Team Trump, you know, the more that Bernie Sanders emerges, this is good for um, it's good for the president because this is setting up an absolute. That's right. Send it to our friend. Well, he doesn't know. How can you do that to Cranston? Uh, this is good for President Trump, folks. It's very, very good for President Trump. This is setting up a battle and war with um, between within the Democrat Party. It just is. Now, I want to remind you, if you are listening right now, if you're a business and you need a new website, well, if check out petro.com, it is new. Uh, it, you, it Maybe the, I don't know when the last time it was that you, in fact upgraded your website but the commercial you're about to hear is from my friend karen innovast so if you're a business person listen up and she also has a banner ad right on my website petro.com have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You're trying to run your business and you need workers. You need... Mega Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Mega Professionals, 508-336-7801. If you need workers, drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class AB, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, 
skilled workers, labor, office professionals, even workers in the healthcare industry. Call MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Well, folks, remember, if you ever find yourself in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. It's Kenny. It's Patricia. It's your vehicle. If someone hits your car, your truck, your SUV, you need to get it fixed, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340 for West Fountain Autobot. You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. All right, folks, and we're back to this. Um, one in three American workers run out of money before payday. Oh, boy. Uh, it's John DePietro weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com. Now, tomorrow on the program, we will have our legal expert, Tim Dodd. And um, one of the things we're going to talk about is, so yesterday, Jussie Smollett. Remember the whole thing from last January? He claimed two uh, people. They put a noose around his neck. This is MAGA country. Well, he was indicted yesterday, and I am so glad. What an absolute total fraud. And there were all these people, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, they were all attacking President Trump and defending Jesse Smollett. Let's go back to that famous interview he did on Good Morning America. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's not go there yet. Let's um, <laughs> I was talking to a friend, and I said, I just want them to find them. And she said, sweetie, they're not going to find them. That just made me so angry because so I'm just going to be left here with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to be left here with, with like, so they get to go free and go about their life and possibly attack someone else. And I'm here to left with the, left with the aftermath of this bull. That's not cool to me. That's not okay. So let's just hope. He was indicted yesterday. Keep in mind, he hired those two brothers that have already testified. He hired them to, you know, attack him. Let me go back to, uh, let's see, AOC. This is Alexander Ocasio-Cortez talking about socialism versus capitalism. And this is going to be a debate. And it's a debate that needs to be had. But this is uh, AOC talking about socialism versus capitalism. When I think about what those definitions are capitalism isn't to me is it's an ideology of capital the most important thing is the concentration of capital and it means that we seek and prioritize profit and the accumulation of money above all else and we seek it at any human and environmental cost that is what that means no Wrong, so wrong. It's exactly backwards. And I'll prove it to you. Been on Amazon lately? Each of the thousands of products Amazon offers represents the work of people who believe they have something you want or need. If they're right, they prosper. If they're wrong, they don't. That's how the free market works. It encourages people to improve their lives by satisfying the needs of others. No one starts a business making a thing or providing a service for themselves. They start a business to make things or provide services for others. 
when we talk about ideas, for example, like democratic socialism, it means putting democracy and society first instead of capital first. In a socialist economy, the government has the ultimate power. It decides what you get from a limited supply it decides should exist. Instead of millions of people making millions of decisions about what they want, a few people, government elites, decide what people should have and how much they should pay for it. Not surprisingly, they always get it wrong. Have you ever noticed that late-stage socialist failures always run out of essential items like toilet paper? Because at the end of the day, as workers and as people of society, we're the ones creating wealth, not a corporate CEO. It's not a CEO that's, make, that's actually creating $4 billion a year. It is the millions of workers in this country that's creating billions of dollars of economic productivity a year. I speak from personal experience. When I was the CEO of the company that owns Carl's Jr. and Hardy's restaurant chains, we spent millions of dollars every year trying to determine what customers wanted. If our customers didn't like something, we changed it. You know, that is uh, great. And this is something also, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DiPietro. What I like about that is we need to have a debate and people need, especially young people, this business, because on the college campuses, they, they are looking for there is this movement towards socialism, right? There is this movement towards communism and socialism. And Bernie Sanders' crowd, they're misguided. 766-1380. As far as someone asked me, how do you think Joe Biden's going to do in South Carolina? Ready? Here's Biden last night in South Carolina. Text Joe. Hold on. So we can chip in and support those who listen to this. Chip in and support our campaign. Text Joe 23. Excuse me. I got to get this right. Joe. To 30330. Oh, my goodness. It is over. Dead man walking. 401 766 1380. Good afternoon. You're next on the John DePietro Show. Hello. Uh, good afternoon, John. Hi there. That, I, uh, that clip that you just played, well, where did that come from? YouTube? Uh, no, I. it was on Twitter. I found it. Oh, okay. See? Um,. At any rate, when I go on Twitter, I only go give my opinion, and I, I don't use it for any other reason, which I know is... That was fantastic, because... Wasn't that great? Prager you. Fantastic, because I have been tweeting that what we need is we need to tell the truth. Yes. If, if, if you can't, if you can't make your point with the truth, then something's wrong. And I think Bernie Sanders is a phony. I think he twists the truth. And the only way to combat that, young people are very idealistic. And uh, they probably believe in these pie in the sky. Listen to to Ocasio-Cortez. Was there ever a bigger phony and a less informed college graduate? That girl has a college degree. She is so, either she's totally brainwashed or totally uninformed. But this is what young people don't get. And if the Republican Party um, does not couch the the uh, argument as socialism versus freedom because you notice what that guy said no under socialism you're going to have a small group of elites making decisions about how much you can get and that's the truth of it and all this talk about scandinavia everything i've heard has said that a lot of Scandinavian countries have been moving back from socialism. So that clip was fantastic. Yep. And Maybe I'll play you, it again. You do, it, you do unbelievable research. And frankly, I listen to you all the time. I don't always call. Oh. Um, well, well, No, no, it's fine. It's fine. But, but listen, I want to tell you this. A friend of mine who also listens to you all the time, a lot of people listen to you, um, So your friend, Tim Dodd. Yes, he was on Channel uh, 10 the other night. Yeah. yeah, and he said, he said, that guy could be an actor. I said, well, he, he said he's a very good-looking man. I said, as far as I'm Tim concerned. Tim Dodd's a very, very handsome man. Very, very well, handsome man. I, I, see, I don't 
hear, I listen to him. He he just makes sense to me, and it's uh, you you do have some real quality people on, but you also do a lot of research on your own. So I think that clip was great. It's the kind of thing young people have to hear, or old people have to hear so they can tell young people. Yes. That was a great argument. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the call. 766-138. I will play the clip. Tim Dodd was on uh, Channel 10. Here's another one I want to play of, um, wait a minute, I just had it. Hold on. Bear with me. And I know we have someone else on the line. Hold on. I want to just play this about uh, capitalism equals prosperity. Socialism equals. um, Here we go. Don't be for socialism never works. Capital is the only one that lifts people out of property. On the other end, just as a practical matter, you're going to have problems making sure that we're investing enough in in the common good. The wealth gap is getting worse. The the gap is rising all over the developed world. It's just rising faster here. The rich are just running up the score. The market will take care of everything, they tell us. If if we just cut more regulations and cut more taxes, especially for the wealthy, our economy will grow stronger. It doesn't work. It has never worked. Here are the facts. In 1971, an American worker had to earn a month's salary to be able to afford a TV set. Now it's two days. In 1971, fewer than half of girls worldwide completed at least primary education. Now it's more than 90%. In 1971, a stationary car emitted more pollution than a car moving at full speed today. In the 17th century, the most powerful man in the world was Louis XIV of France. Every night, he'd have 40 dishes prepared for his dinner. A receptionist today can stop off at a store on her way home and have not only a wider choice than that king, but a fresher one and a healthier one. We all live better than Louis XIV. What's caused that miracle? Not any UN development program, not any government aid scheme. What caused it was the market. That's exactly right, folks. Capitalism, 766-1380. That's what uh, Sanders is against. Hi there, Atlanta. Good afternoon. You're on the John DePietro Show. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi there. Um, I've been listening, and I heard what you said about someone that's been teaching for how many odd years. Well, I can tell you, I, I had a regular job uh, until um, my daughter was born, the second child after 10 years. And do I, you, I, do I was, you read the Providence Journal? No. Okay. In this morning's Providence Journal, there's an op-ed they published. You can pick it up. We'll go online. His name is Michael Mara. The title of it is a bold changes needed in teacher contracts. It says he is in the 34th year of teaching uh, history and economics at Portsmouth High School. And he writes at the end, latest example about changing teacher contracts. He writes, my recent pay stub indicates I have 458 sick days that have accumulated. Yes, you read that correctly. With contracts guaranteeing 20 sick days per year, we need to wonder why chronic teachers' absenteeism occurs. Now, what he's saying is there's no, that, that is ridiculous that someone has accrued, even he's admitting it, 458 sick days. If you are accruing that many, then human nature would be you just start to use up and take your sick days. Now, go right ahead. But that's, I just want to give you the context of who I was quoting. Well, I belonged to a union because I had no choice in North Smithfield. And about 20 years ago, I wrote a letter saying, uh, whatever you're giving of my salary, I want it. I want it because you will not tell me who I can vote for. From that type on, they had to send out uh, forms to teachers that would get their their uh, that feedback because we didn't agree with who they were voting for, number one. Number two, it has been at least 15 years. If you retire, you are not paid for your sick time. True, we have given up. And I, I agreed, and uh, uh, it was contractual, so it had to be agreed on by most, that um, seniority had nothing to do with any jobs. Okay, so just so I understand this, you're saying... So when this man retires, he won't be able to cash out 458 well, days. Unions vary from 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 town to city. Depending, I mean, police uh, and fire do that a lot. They do because within ours, uh, it's been at least ten years. 
at least 10 years where I, I say more like 15 where we do not get paid for accrued sick time. Number one. Number two, after three days sick, you cannot come back to school without a doctor's note. After, right. after three days. After three days. Well, what if you're out two days? No, well, no, no needed, correct? Oh, yes, but with state law, you have to be, 20, and even students have, have to be 24 hours without a fever before coming back to work. I understand that, but if you're out two days, you have a long weekend, you call out the Thursday, Friday, you come back the Tuesday after the long weekend, you did not need a doctor's note to call in sick those two days. No, you don't. Here's the other thing. As much as we say call in sick, it's now you just go online and you mark off that you're going to be out those days. It's not like you're picking up the phone and calling anyone and coughing and, oh, I'm really under the weather. It's You don't talk to anyone. You just mark out that you're going to be out sick those days. Well, that, that goes with the integrity of the person also. I, I'm just talking about the, the format that is used. No one's calling anyone. You just go online and check off and send it in that you're out sick those days. Now, um, we we have no we haven't had seniority for a while. That that why should someone who who has more of an expertise in some field, uh, more experience, etc., be given a job? And necessarily, it's sometimes who you know, not what you know, and, and that's a shame also. Num and the next thing, I retired, and I was going to continue working. Um, I needed major surgeries, and I was trying to wait to summer so that my students wouldn't get, uh, I, I have all these different subs. I had a moral obligation, I felt, to my students. I was, I was sent a note that it was brought to their attention, and because of pain, if I used a cane, there'd be less pain on the hip, etc. I was sent a note on a Friday that if I continued to use a cane, I'd have to go on sick time. All right. I, I thank you for the call. Thank you for the insight on that. Folks, 766-1380, 401-766-1380. I want to play. This is another uh, clip. And I, I think, what time is it? Uh, 148. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. This portion of our program brought to you by K's. Remember, lunch, dinner, drinks, and lounge. Stop by K's. They're waiting for you. I, 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 I'm just sharing something that I read in the Providence Journal. And I encourage them, then go and read it. I, I don't. I'm not arguing about I, I'm just sharing that this man shares that on his pay stub he has 485 sick days. So don't tell me about, well, that was agreed upon or kids, teachers get sick because there's sick kids in the classroom. There, there is no system that should have where someone is looking at 485 sick days. Many times I've worked at a place that if someone has three days vacation left or whatever, and it's use it or lose it. They, they take those vacation days. So, of course, if you have a system where someone gets 485 sick days, 20 a year, and they all accumulate, then it, it would become, it starts to become, why would you not? You have so many to burn. And then, you know, June hits, and then and especially if you're out, if you can be out two days at a time and you never have to provide a doctor's note, you just put it in that way. So every time there's a long weekend, you do, you know, Thursday, Friday, or the Friday, Tuesday, and you just extend everything. During December, there are people that are out every Monday and Friday, the month of December. And when you have that many days you're talking about, there's no way to use it all. But I want to play this again. I think this is a, an important time in the schools especially with the rise of Bernie Sanders, to explain. Because you have someone like AOC, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, David Cicilline, Aaron Ruggenberg, Pork Boy, some of these others, trying to talk about, oh, you know, we need to move into a socialism. This is a capitalism versus uh, equals prosperity. Socialism equals poverty. This is a good piece. I think you're going to like it. Because he knows this graph reveals a simple, inescapable fact. There is no substitute for free market capitalism as a promoter of human prosperity. Let it be noted that Haidt is no one's idea of a conservative. But when hard evidence stares him in the face, he's not going to look away. The graph is based on the research conducted by the late British economist Angus Madison. The numbers along the x-axis are years, 2,000 of them. The number on the y-axis are dollars, all of them. 
divided by the number of people on the planet. It's what's called GDP per capita, which is the world's economic output divided by its population. GDP is considered the best measurement of a country's standard of living, and in this case, the world's standard of living. Often when I show this graph to students, I get this comment, that's not capitalism, it's just the impact of the Industrial Revolution. So I show them another chart by the Madison Project. This one breaks the GDP hockey stick into... Hold on. Sorry, folks. Regions. As you can see, there are a number of hockey sticks. But note that they don't rise at the same time. The United States surged first. Why? Capitalism turned the United States from 13 backwoods colonies into the world's largest economy. That's right. And it's held that position ever since. Yep. Western Europe shot up as well, but later. It rose steadily during the Industrial Revolution and then experienced a sharp rise after World War II when, between the end of the war and the mid-1960s, it fully embraced the free market. Japan, too, shot up after World War II, surpassing Western Europe for the first time after the U.S. helped the Japanese transition to a democracy and a free market capitalist economy. Folks, again, I think with Bernie Sanders so popular, uh, I think it would be uh, very helpful if not mandatory, the college campuses, the high schools, have a discussion about it. Explain. He's making, they make all these allegations about why socialism, especially, I'll tell you, that AOC, so many of you, people describe her as dangerous. It, it's the ideas they put out that they are dangerous. They are actually uh, dangerous, the ideas that they put out as far as, you know, that, that uh, if you make money, that you're to be vilified. And it is. And Bernie Sanders, his whole thing of we're going to go after the billionaires and take it to the rich. Good afternoon, Brandon. Um, it, it, it's a negative. Uh, you know, when, when, you, when we have people that are successful because they work hard, they, they are to be celebrated. And, and, you know, as I've talked about, that, that's what we're all about is, is you work hard and then you get to keep the riches in that way. And this business that we want to move into, what he's talking about, there's a certain part. That, that look at the, you know, anyone that doubts the Sanders message, look at downtown Providence with all the panhandlers or parts of Boston or certainly the state of California. The state of California is becoming, it is becoming like Venezuela. It is becoming socialists. It's becoming people that don't want to work and they're being told, don't worry. We'll take care of it. You don't have to work. And there's nothing positive about that in any way. Zero. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by Henry Oil. You know, you can depend on Henry Oil. Who is your oil provider? Let me ask you that. Call Henry Oil today. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, since 1947, full-service fuel company. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. 24-hour burner service for contracted regular customers, oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery budget plans, lock and cap pricing. Call Henry Oil today at 521-0200, 521-0200, Henry Oil, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, residential and commercial. Go online, henryoil.com, or call Call them at 521-0200. It's John DePietro, 766-1380. A lot more ahead on the John DePietro Show. We'll take more of your phone calls coming up. Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is a perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data. With no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Hey, folks, remember, we still have a long way to go. Now, if you're having a problem with your heating system, call J.K. Engineering today. 
call JKL at 401-351-7600. JKL Engineering, 351-7600. JKL, they do it right the first time. With JKL Engineering, again, remember, with JKL, uh, highest rebates in the market, plus on top of that, for 53 years, reputation second to none. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering today at 401-351-7600. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Call JKL Engineering, the best. 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. I want to play, um, where's the... Uh, Hold on. I know uh, Tim Dodd, Channel 10, did a piece, and our friend uh, Tim Dodd was was uh, in the story, and I was so glad. Uh, Parker Gavigan used him. Let me pull it up here, folks. Uh, he'll join us tomorrow on the program, and uh, we'll talk about Monica Brady. How about that? East Greenwich, eight years she got in prison. Press Harvey Weinstein, we're following that trial. And then, of course, uh, Jesse Smollett. And a lot more. Let me, uh, I think this is the Channel 10 piece. Yeah, about that nut. That was, uh, how about the lady in Providence that was using the knife on the car? Ridiculous. Here we go. This is um, Parker Gavigan, Channel 10, with, with our legal guy, Tim Dodd. Many want to know how that's possible. The IT's Parker Gavigan still pushing for answers today. Parker? Yeah, and Patrice, there are still no real answers. This disconnect here, the young woman seen in this video using that knife, she pleaded not guilty to vandalism and disorderly conduct, but the third charge, the weapons charge, never made it to the courtroom. Four flat tires slashed by a blade. Deep scratches all over the paint. Three actual puncture wounds in the hood. Oh. Carl Camillo, his wife, teenage daughter, and family dog last week in their SUV coming into contact with another car at the CVS drive through and that driver proceeded to attack the Camillo's car with a knife. She came with a knife with a very aggressive face. She goes slowly on the back door like this. She was working with the two hands very carefully to make sure the whole car get damaged, vandalized. Police reports identify the woman as 25-year-old Stephanie Dominguez, shouting obscenities and threats after the initial accident. She had two small kids in her own backseat when she's repeatedly seen going back to Camilo's car, knife in hand, and causing more damage. Let me just be clear. You were all fearful for your lives. Absolutely. The auto body shop tells me the SUV is likely a total loss. Every piece of metal has been damaged by a knife, except for the roof. Despite at first being charged for having a knife greater than three inches, that charge did not follow Dominguez to court. Without expanding on it, a spokesperson for the city told me the criteria for the weapon wasn't met, but that doesn't fly with attorney Tim Dodd. That weapons charge disappears. Mm -hmm. It's not presented to the court. Mm -hmm. The big question here is, why? What happened to that charge? There's no reason for it to be out. Dodd tells me it appears police seized the knife lawfully. Here's Dominguez dropping it in her front seat. And the police report confirms she... We'll talk more with uh, Tim Dodd about that tomorrow. Folks, it's John DePietro. Listen, enjoy uh, this Wednesday. We have a big program tomorrow. Stay tuned. The John Dion program is next right here. WNRI and W236CW Woonsocket, 1380 AM and 95.1 FM.